Thanks for joining us on the Hope Podcast. Hope Community Church exists to love people where they are and help them grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. By pursuing this relationship together, we can change the world. For message notes and links to big things going on at Hope, check out the notes section below. When you're done listening to this episode, take a minute to follow us here, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and download our free app. From there, you can find all of our recent message content, additional resources, and more. If you like what you hear today, we encourage you to share this with your friends or family. Enjoy. What's going on, Hope? How we doing? Okay. Well, I'm excited to spend this time with you. I'm excited to continue the series that we started last week. And last week, you guys heard from Aaron Nelson, and Aaron did a phenomenal job of kicking us off. Uh, And today, I'm excited to continue this series that we are calling Beyond Christmas. And as Christmas is getting closer, it feels like it's closing in fast. Like, uh, for some reason, every year I get to this time of year and it feels like Christmas just kind of sneaks up on us. I mean, we get to October and then Christmas. Like, and I know that every year Christmas is on the same day, the 25th, right? Every year, same day, is never changed. But for whatever reason, it feels like things just kind of speed up. And every year when I get to this time, I find myself kind of caught up in all of the sights and all of the smells and all of the sounds and all of the craziness that has become my yearly routine of Christmas. And I find myself every single year asking a question, and maybe you've asked this question, maybe you haven't. Here it is. Is this all there is to Christmas? Like, is it just the sights and the smells and the sounds and the trees? And and I mean, it's not that my Christmas is bad. It's actually been wonderful. But I get to this point of the year, and I can't escape this idea that there may be something missing from the experience, something that maybe I've forgotten about or some kind of real meaning to all of it that maybe I'm not applying to my Christmas. I mean, sure, it's a great time. American Christmas is a great time. It's like a really big deal. I mean, there's signs, there's lights, there's activities. There's all kind of stuff going on in our neighborhoods and our homes and our communities. For some reason, I just feel like I miss it. Like it sneaks up on me, and I'm not really sure of the why. And my Christmas activities seem to get reduced to these two things that probably all of us are familiar with, right? Uh, There's this first one, the shopping for the perfect gift. And I call this shopping for the perfect gift like an extensive but also an expensive journey, right? We shop for the perfect gift almost as soon as we hear about Christmas. Some people started shopping in August. It's like we get to Thanksgiving Thursday And we can't wait to get to Black Friday. And then we can't wait to spend crazy money on Amazon on Cyber Monday. And then we just kind of bypass Giving Tuesday. Because what we're really concerned about when it all comes to Christmas is the gift. The perfect gift. Our perfect gift. I mean, have you been to a Target or to a Walmart lately? It's it's like an MMA fight in there. Like, Grandma didn't get run over by a reindeer. She got run over by a soccer mom with a cart full of Tickle Me Elmo's. It's serious. I mean, it's a madhouse in there. Because every year we search for that perfect gift. And Christmas is a time when debt increases in America. The gift that we usually find, instead of finding the perfect toy or the perfect thing, is the perfect debt. Uh, In America, the average family spends about $1,500 a year per family on Christmas. And that leads us to a big number in America. The whopping number for Christmas this year, 
$960 billion, just short of a trillion on Christmas stuff. This is the time when most of us go into debt, and if we're honest, probably even some of us are recovering from last year's debt because we're searching for the perfect gift. And then there's this second thing that my Christmas seems to always turn into. It's the general sense of busyness that we all tend to get caught up in. Uh, This one can be particularly tricky because we actually don't even feel it until we get to the 26th and we're able to lower our shoulders for the first time. Uh, It's the general sense of fatigue that comes with all the hustle and bustle, but it comes with going to that 17th Christmas party that you're going to this year. Uh, You know the Christmas party, the one where your coworker is dancing like a newborn baby on the dance floor. And it feels like he's dancing to the words, not to the music, but you stay just to watch him. Like you sit just to watch him because you got to tell the story. Uh, It's the the lists that seem to roll over and over again in our heads. It's the cleaning the house, the going to the grocery store again. It's wrapping presents. It's putting the lights on. It's taking the lights down because you realize when you put the lights up, half of them didn't work. It's planning and then executing on the perfect family travel plans. And then there's our favorite, sitting at our child's school and listening to their rendition on the saxophone or the recorder of Holy Night at half speed for an hour. And you're just glad Christmas ended because you don't want to hear that solo again. Like, this is all the stuff that we start doing, and truthfully, it's exhausting. And we do it almost every year. And I keep asking the question, is this all there is? to Christmas? Is Christmas just like gifts and activities or, or is there a much more meaningful thing that we're missing as a part of this holiday? And I feel like when we get caught up in the craziness, maybe we're missing it. And what we've begun to celebrate is like a holiday. And it's a holiday that just seems like a holiday in a list of other holidays. And I'm not sure that that was what we were supposed to experience at Christmas. And if you were to ask the average person, they would probably say, yeah, there's more. There's more to it. If you were specifically to ask somebody who's been around or been a part of a local church, they would say, definitely, there's more to Christmas. There's obviously something more that we're supposed to celebrate. But the truth is, is that even in the church, I feel like we miss it. And maybe even because we miss it, maybe our culture is missing it as well. Because we were supposed to be the first Christmas representatives. And I believe that Christmas is always supposed to be more. It was supposed to be more than just one holiday and a whole host of holidays. As a matter of fact, Christmas was supposed to be more than that. It was supposed to be a holy day, not just a holiday. And you know the difference between a holy day and a holiday. A holiday is just one more thing and a long list of things. But a holy day, it means that it was supposed to be dedicated to God. Holiness is the idea of something being set apart It's something different in a long list of familiar things. And Christmas was never supposed to be a holiday. It was supposed to be a holy day. You know, I love the way uh, the late Tim Keller tells about what we celebrate at Christmas. And I love Tim Keller's stories. He tells a story about a father who has uh, three boys. And for whatever reason, the summertime has come and mom is at work. And so dad says, hey, I can work from home. I got one of those work from home jobs. I'm going to stay home and I'm just going to watch the boys. And so I'm going to stay home with these three boys under the age of eight. How many of you know he needs a lot of prayer? All right. 
But he does. He stays home with the boys and he decides to watch them. And he says, guys, here's what we're going to do. You guys stay downstairs and I'm going to stay upstairs and everything will be fine. Well, dad does this and the boys go downstairs. And within about five minutes, these boys have seemingly lost their mind. I mean, they're fighting, they're bickering. It's a big mess. Everything's going crazy. And dad kind of goes to the stairwell. He hears them and he yells downstairs, hey, boys, cut it out. Y'all just share, okay? Just share and it'll be fine. And the boys go right back to bickering. They listen for about a moment and then they go right back to the craziness. So five minutes later, dad hears this and he can't focus on his work. So he goes back over to the stairwell. He sees these boys downstairs again and he realizes what the problem is. And he says, listen, y'all are debating. Just work it out. Just work it out. Enough. Work it out. So they listen. I mean, dad seemingly is more upset. And they decide to work it out. And in about two more minutes, they go right back to doing what they're doing. They are all over the place. And dad kind of hears them again. And he walks over to the stairwell and he offers those words that only dads can offer. He yells down, hey, listen, don't make me come down them steps. And then dad realizes that that's not going to work. So he walks down the stairs and he gathers his children around him. And he says, boys, what I was hoping for was peace. But I see that I needed to bring peace to this situation. How many of you know that at Christmas what we celebrate is the idea that the God of the universe stepped down in human flesh into all of humanity and he brought with him the peace that he could only bring. He sees his children bickering and fighting and arguing and going through all the craziness that we go through at the Christmas season and he brings the gift that keeps on giving. He brings the gift of peace. And he brings peace to his children in a way that brings them hope and joy. And in the frame of there being more to Christmas, let me just ask this question. When was the last time you experienced that kind of peace? Are you experiencing that kind of peace right now? Uh, because that's what I believe God would have for you. And that's what our, our church wants for you. That's what I personally want for you is that kind of peace. The Bible calls it the peace that passes all understanding. And it means even in the midst of chaos, we can have peace because of what a Jesus has done. And that's what Christmas was supposed to be about. So how do we get back to that kind of Christmas peace? How do we stop our Christmas experience from simply being another holiday? And how do we transform it beyond that into a, a Christmas that's a holy day? Uh, and you see, here's the thing. If you have your Bibles, that's exactly what I want to discuss today. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the book of Luke. And we're going to start at chapter 2. And we're going to read from verse 1. Uh, on to just a little bit of the Christmas story. So here's what I want to do. Let's jump right into it. In verse 1, here's what it says. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken uh, of the entire Roman world. Now know that this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee in Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. 
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Pay close attention to these shepherds. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, because I bring good news that will cause great joy for all people. Because today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and they found Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You know, when we begin to study the Bible, one of the things that we do is something called observe. We just observe what we see in the text. And as I began to observe this text in preparation for our time together, uh, there was so much to observe. Like the story of Jesus coming to this earth is such a rich story and observations just abound. And what I really want to pay close attention today in the midst of this story and all the observations is three very particular observations. These are three things that we see in the lives of these shepherds that I believe that if we would apply to our own lives would change our whole experience at Christmas. And here's the first one. In verse nine, it says that an angel of the Lord appeared to them and that the glory of the Lord shone around them and that they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Now here's these guys, right? They are hanging out in the field. All they're doing is watching over their flock they're minding their own business. They're doing their thing. And these angels show up and point these guys in the direction of Jesus. And, and they're probably still afraid, even though the angels have told them, don't be afraid. Um, they go to Bethlehem and instead of turning tail and running in their fear, they decide to do something amazing. They seek Jesus. They go to see about this child. And I think this is the first observation that we may need to add to our holiday experience. Maybe, just maybe, the thing that we're missing is the fact that we stopped seeking Jesus. Now, a week ago, I met a guy who makes T-shirts. And I meet people all the time. That's one of the best parts of being a pastor. And this guy's name is Melvin. And he makes T-shirts with all kinds of logos and ideas on them. And about a few years ago, he realized that all of his T-shirts were just for sporting events. And so he wanted to share the love of Christ with people. So he began to put things on his t-shirts that were uh, revolutionary messages about following Jesus. And my favorite revolutionary message that he put on his t-shirt was these words, Jesus, he ain't hard to find. <laughs> I love it. You know why? Because he ain't hard to find. <laughs> like, he's really not hard to find. If we seek him, we 
find him. And how do I know that? Because the Bible tells us that. And when you look at uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, here's what it says. It says that if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Because here's what I know about Jesus. He's not hiding from us. We need to seek him with our whole hearts. And to seek the Lord with our whole hearts that means that we turn to God, that we desire a real relationship with him. It means that we come into his presence with prayer. It means that we read his word. It means that we actually pursue a real relationship with him. And not just at the holiday, but every day. And in this, when we decide to seek God, we find him. You know, Aaron said last week in his message, that Christmas is the reminder that Jesus has not forgotten about us. But I wonder sometimes in all of our doing and all of our hustling and busting that maybe we've forgotten about him. Maybe in our pursuit for the perfect gift that we've forgotten that he is the perfect savior. And there is great benefit that can be had from seeking Jesus. In seeking Jesus, we find out even more than just the fact that he was born into this earth and that changed everything. We learn about his perfectly lived life. We learn about his ministry. We learn about his death and his burial and his resurrection. We learn about his love for us. And in seeking him, he transforms our holiday experience. And these shepherds have this terrifying moment. And instead of continuing to do what they were doing, They seek Jesus. When was the last time in your life that you sought Jesus? Because they do and they find him. And you know what we find when we seek Jesus? We find that all the time he's been seeking us. Can I ask what it might look like for us to seek Jesus this Christmas? Uh, Maybe seeking Jesus this year looks like beginning to read his word and apply it to how we live our lives. Maybe it looks like showing up consistently to church, regularly to our church or our small group. Maybe it looks like if you're here for the first time today or you're watching online for the very first time, maybe it looks like spending time in the service next week. And we have a whole host of Christmas services that are available to you, both in person and online. Maybe seeking Jesus this year looks like just showing up one more time to hear about Jesus and to further the conversation. And you can get a free ticket for our in-purpose services at gethope.net slash Christmas, or you will see it on your screen online. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you to seek Jesus because he can be found. Well, that's the first observation. Here's the second one. Uh, The second one that we see in the text, we can find in verse 17. Uh, It says that when they had seen him, that they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who had heard it were amazed by what the shepherds said to them. Here's the second observation. The second thing that we see in the text is that they share him. They share what they had experienced and what they had heard about this amazing child. Now, here's what I want to ask. This is a question that I want you to just share with me by show of hands. In all of your planning, in all of your doing this year, in all of the things that you've done, how many times have you just mentioned by show of hands the word of God? If it's more than one time, just raise your hand. If it's more than twice, raise your hand. If it's more than five times, Just raise your hand. I know, right? Probably not enough. 
I think in our planning and our preparing for Christmas, that oftentimes we even forget about the idea of mentioning Jesus. And I was particularly convicted by this truth um, because for years our family has a tradition that we have exchanged for our past traditions. We don't give gifts as a family during Christmas because we saw ourselves getting caught up in the commercialization of Christmas. And the story is amazing. Uh, We were uh, experiencing life at Christmas and our child was three. uh, Our daughter was three, which means our son was two. And we decided to celebrate Christmas as a family. And as a dad, I wanted to give our children the best Christmas they ever had. So we almost went into debt, like just a little bit, maybe we did go into debt a little bit, trying to buy all of the perfect Christmas gifts for our children. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I was so excited. We got on our Christmas pajamas. We walked down the stairs. My wife cooked breakfast and there's this lingering smell of bacon and biscuits in the air. It's going to be a good Christmas, y'all. And I walk down the stairs and my daughter approaches me and she looks up at me with these three-year-old eyes and she says, Daddy, is it okay if we open our presents first? And I'm like, you're trying to get in the way of bacon. (laughs) But it's okay. You can open your presents. You can open my presents. I don't care what you open because I'm excited to share Christmas with our children. And so our daughter runs over and she rips into the presents and she tears open that first one. She tears open that second one. And my wife and I are behind her trying to add batteries to the equation for what needs batteries. And all of a sudden, our daughter starts playing and we are enjoying the perfect Christmas. And then we watched as our three-year-old pushed all of the presents to the side. And she grabbed the boxes and she started building a fort out of the boxes. And I thought to myself, we almost went into debt trying to celebrate Christmas. And this child could care less. And it changed how we saw Christmas. We stopped giving gifts. And here's the conviction part. For years, I would tell that story to our friends and I would tell that story to our church And I would share it as a way to get away from the commercial aspects of Christmas, right? Uh, But here's what I realized. The only thing that we did in that moment is exchange traditions. You see, we had an old tradition and now we added a new tradition. But here's what we hadn't done. We hadn't shared Jesus in any way. We hadn't thought of any way to make Jesus a real part of the holiday. And it convicts me even to this moment. We had done nothing to make Jesus a part of our Christmas. And even this year, there's gonna be some changes around the Christmas Calvin household. Because I realize that it's not enough to just have traditions, that we need to share the reality that this is no ordinary child. Can I ask the question, who have you shared Jesus with lately? Have you shared him with anybody? Because we need to continuously share Jesus. And if, and if the church does not decide to share Jesus, if we won't share him, then who will? Whose responsibility is it to share Jesus? And, and if, if we haven't shared him, then why not? I would submit it's because we've probably been searching for the perfect gift, for the perfect plan. But maybe we've neglected to share the perfect Savior. And maybe this year, the person that we need to share Jesus with most is ourselves. 
Maybe we need to let the word of God just wash over us and be reminded of the truth that the perfect child came to this earth and lived a perfect life. And he brought with him the peace that we are all desperately searching for. Maybe we just need to share Jesus again. These guys are so impacted by it that they share the story with the people in that barn. And even Mary is uh, in this moment of profound observance of what has happened here. The savior of mankind has been born and they share it. So the first observation, we need to seek Jesus. The second one, we need to share Jesus. And then there's one more here. When we get to verse 20, it says that the shepherds returned glorifying and they were praising God for all the things that they had seen and they had heard. And the things that they had just been told. And they go home with this like spirit of worship in them because they've experienced something amazing. They've experienced something profound. And so here's what they do. This is the observation. They take Jesus with them back into the lives that they are going to live. They take him back out into the fields as shepherds. They take him back out into the place where they now work. You want to talk about a theology of work? Uh, The best thing that we can do this Christmas is to take Jesus with us. And they take him with us, with them, excuse me, into their lives, into their daily activities. They've been encountered with the message and the hope of Jesus and they share him with other people. And, And the question I have today is, are we actually willing at Christmas time to take this message with us into our plans for the holidays, into our attitude during the season, into our workplace. Do we take Jesus into the places that we know Jesus needs to be a part of? Do we take him into our communities? Do we take him into our attitude towards serving and investing in the lives of people? Because our communities are desperately searching for real hope and for real help. They're searching for the peace that has so eluded our lives. And we have the only thing, the only answer that can bring that kind of hope and help and peace. Jesus. And if we neglect to bring him with us, then who's going to do that work? And I'll ask you the question, is he actually showing up in your life today? Is he showing up in how you live? Uh, You know, I love uh, a quote that I read recently by a guy named Steve Miraboli, and he talks about this idea of bringing Jesus with us. He says that we do a lot of talking about bringing Jesus with us at Christmas. We do a lot of talking about having Christ be a real part of Christmas. But then he says this, he says, if you want to keep Christ in Christmas, here's what we need to do. We need to feed the hungry. We need to clothe the naked. We need to forgive the guilty. And that's hard to do, y'all. We need to welcome the unwanted. We need to care for the ill. We need to love our enemies. And we need to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. That's what it looks like to have Christ be a part of our Christmas. And to move beyond this idea of just another holiday and into a holy day. We need to seek Jesus. We need to share him. And we need to take him with us. You know, the holiday teaches us 
to run from place to place looking for the perfect gift. But the holy day reminds us that the perfect gift has already come in the form of Jesus Christ. And it's the greatest gift that any of us could have ever imagined or received. Uh, it's a gift that keeps on giving because Jesus is the gift that brings new life. And if we're going to move from the holiday into the holy day, then we need to seek Jesus. Uh, the holiday keeps us going from party to party and from place to place with a whole bunch of seemingly endless and oftentimes worthless activity. But the holy day reminds us that when we are at those parties, uh, that we need to think through our plans and our routines and we need to purposely include the Savior as a part of it because he is no ordinary child. He's the Savior. And we need to make sure that we share him. We need to mention the name of Jesus. You see, the holiday tells us that when the 26th hits, that Christmas ends. But the Holy Day tells us that we need to move beyond the holiday. That we need to be on, move beyond what we have often thought of as Christmas and that we need to take this same worship, the same attitude that these shepherds have when they go back into their daily lives, that we need to take it into the next 364 days. That we need to seek him and share him and take him with us. So to answer the question that we posed in the beginning of this conversation, yes, there is more to the season of Christmas than what we've been experiencing. There's more than just searching for the perfect gift. There's more than just doing the perfect thing. There is the worship of the perfect Savior. And all of what we've been talking about today equates to a posture of worship. Our why for Christmas has often eluded us. But our why is a who. Jesus. He has always been and will always be the reason for this season. And what if this year we decided to make it a real thing? Individually, corporately as a church. What if we decided to move beyond the tradition and the holiday and into the reality of Christmas being a holy day, a day set aside to bring glory and honor to Jesus. Well, I think that's what he would have for us. And I can tell you just personally, I so desperately want that for us. I want us to live into that truth. I want us to be a part of making this a holy day. So let's just take a moment and pray for that to be a reality. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for what we experienced at Christmas, this reminder that you have not forgotten about us. And Father, we pray that as we move into this year, that we would not forget about you. Father, help us to not just celebrate another holiday, but help us to have 
the experience of a holy day. Help us to move beyond our traditional models of Christmas and into something that brings you glory and honor. Jesus being born that day has changed everything forever. And has brought us great peace and hope and joy. May we live into that truth this year. May we share it with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening.